From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome to episode 153 of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. Welcome back. Today is a Q&A episode. I'm answering your questions. Some include, are relationships necessary for anxiety recovery? Where does health anxiety stem from? I'm talking about blood pressure and how that relates to anxiety and also my routines and habits to calm down. So this is going to be a great episode as usual. But before I talk about that, I want to talk about your comments on last week's episode where I laid out different habits and strategies that I implement to steer myself back on course when I start to procrastinate and I feel like I'm lacking something or I'm not living up to this potential. I talk about those habits and and why they're important for getting yourself back into a positive disciplined routine. Polly A says, the looking at failure point you made and how you perceive it is something I am currently working on. If you could talk about that more often, I would appreciate it. Polly, I actually released a video last week called The Proper Mindset for Growth. So view that video. It'll help you. And um, and yes, I will talk about that more often as well. Feeling is healing. Thank you for returning. Feeling is healing and leaving another comment. Thank you for this. The change your environment was especially useful to hear. It's a good reminder for me to keep working on that. And I'll talk about that too in this video, changing your environment, because it was a huge uh, a strategy for my recovery. Being out away from home helped me to focus and also reduce my anxiety. Sam says, listening to your show helped me regain some control amidst all this chaos. Thank you, Sam. And thank you for your comments. The first question I will be answering on this Q&A episode is from Kartik. Uh, Pardon me if I said that incorrectly. Is marriage and relationships necessary for anxiety recovery? Very good question. In short, no, it's not necessary. Recovery is a higher self-centered endeavor. You're aiming towards this future you that could be in a better place than where you are now. So it requires a lot of sacrifices that you have to make. Now, sometimes, and it's usually the case, relationships become more challenging when you shift your lifestyle because your relationships shift, your personality starts to shift, so does your relationship, right? Your perception of your relationships and mine shifted because I started to recognize unhealthy relationships 
when I started to improve on my anxiety and my overall self. So if your habits include with your partner watching four hours of Netflix a day and you want to reduce it, you notice it, you're more aware, hey, that's just too much Netflix. When I watch Netflix with my partner, I start to feel restless and uneasy and I feel like I haven't accomplished much. And then you start to reduce it to one hour. You say you say to your partner, I want to watch Netflix only for an hour and I want to spend the other three hours doing something else, right? And, and sometimes, and usually it's, you know, watching your mentors, learning, taking a new course, reading books, or even just talking with your partner. Just You want more quality time with your partner and, and it causes, that causes more snakes to arise because now you have to figure out, okay, what am I going to do for three, those three hours I lost with my partner, right? Hey, I used to spend those t- that time watching Netflix. What am I going to talk about to your partner? And then you're going to be bad at it, right? Because, you know, you have to, you have to work on your social skills with your partner and that connection, right? And, and also... Not only that, but when you start to spend more of your time watching your mentors, reading, doing these new productive habits, sometimes your partner may be resistant to you doing those things because now you're spending your time that was with them watching these videos and learning and reading and and then, then they may pull you back into unconscious patterns that you were that you made aware and that you're trying to improve on right and trying to get out of so yeah there might be resistance from your partner depending on who they are and that'll be clear when you start to improve on your personality and yourself and your routines and try and better your life and what's also so interesting about my recovery and the recovery of my clients that I've coached is that your friends, depending on who they are, your relationships with them may distance themselves more and more and more, depending on who they are. Some friends will notice that you're changing for the better. They see your improvements and they're like, oh my God, Brad, you know, teach me or uh, help me because I, because you're improving. I've noticed my inadequacies in myself and I want you to help me. They have this growth mindset that they're, they start to adopt as well because you're adopting that growth mindset. But sometimes and usually your friends will see you changing their inadequacies will pop up and then that'll cause resistance and they and because they have a fixed mindset they start to gain this bitterness resentfulness within themselves sort of like the Cain and Abel story and they try and pull you back into old ways hey Brad why don't we you know come over smoke weed watch movies and let's go out and to the bar and but you're you're you you've changed in a way where you recognize that those habits and those routines 
don't serve the person that you're striving for. You have a lot of anger right now because you've been living this anxious, confused lifestyle for so long. Now you're seeing these benefits. Now you're working diligently to live a better life and then other people want to pull you back. And so that becomes clear when you are going through this process, when you're improving yourself. And then the distance between you and your friends who, who are fixed in their mindset, it gets bigger and more distant. And I saw that with Maggie and her friends. Maggie would usually go around and hang around her friends. They'd go out, you know, go to dessert places all the time and they would go to the clubs and they they would smoke weed and talk about there'd be they would her friends would be very judgmental and and then you know the judge the very critical in their conversations about other people and and Maggie she became more aware of that and she she started to improve her lifestyle she started to study more and take care of herself but she started to focus more on her relationship with me and the more she grew in personality you know she started to do more yoga and and she focused more on her sleep cycle all these different habits she started to improve and then her relationship her personality changed but her you know her friends personalities stayed the same and so the the differences became more self-evident over time and you, you get to a point even with myself and my friends where i i said we just don't have anything in common anymore because i value this now and they value habits i don't really respect i don't respect those habits that they do or what they say their beliefs and and so naturally those differences grow and grow and i remember at the beginning of my recovery maggie's and i relationship was totally different totally different when i was stuck in my old fixed mindset i unconsciously wanted to seek out the drama i was used to maggie was a different per she 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 is a different type of woman that i'm used to not she's a different type of woman i'm not i wasn't used to dating i was used to dr- drama i was used to chaos she was very oriented she was oriented properly educated very grounded she was very she's very spiritual she still is all those things i just mentioned and i wasn't like that so our personalities at the beginning when we were dating were quite different but as soon as i started to change and focus on my higher self and i started to improve many areas of my life our relationship improved immensely over time it got way better i started to value our quality time together i started to open up 
to the interests of her that I'm not used to. She listened to a lot of classical music. She was very well, she is very well educated. I keep using it in past tense. She is well educated in art and literature. And when I started to date her, you know, I wasn't well educated or those areas of interest weren't familiar to me. So that caused a lot of resistance. But during my recovery, I started to open up to literature, art, especially classical music. And our relationship got so, it increased in value and it improved immensely. We got closer spiritually, energetically, physically. And so when I started to adopt this growth mindset, this developing mindset, I became more open to her interests. I became more open to classical music. And then I'm in love with classical music. I listen to classical music every day. I read books that I never thought I would read. We both talk about great books, uh, philosophers. We talk about art, especially art nowadays, especially, you know, now that we've been watching this great series on Disney Plus called Picasso. We talk about art in detail. She knows a lot more about art, but me, I'm very new. And so now I'm diving more into that direction, into art and and paintings and and that and so yeah, I want to end that there. So I hope that answers your question, Kartik. Jerome says, "Where does health anxiety stem from?" Great question. Now you can view this health anxiety as a program that has been installed and it can be installed and uninstalled many people grew up with family who were obsessive about their health and so as a child you observed and you absorbed their behaviors their beliefs you installed their beliefs or you you may have lived a comfortable lifestyle, a shielded lifestyle, a lifestyle where you were inside, enclosed in this bubble. And then tragedy happens to someone you know, or could be even yourself. And so the ice you're skating on breaks apart. So your whole map and view of the world breaks and you fall through into the underworld. And what happens when somebody ends up in the underworld? It's just chaos. It's anxiety. It's PTSD. You're in fight, flight, or freeze response continuously because it produces shock, right? Your whole, the bottom of of your world opened up to you, right? How do you compose yourself when you're in a place you don't know? when you're in the unknown. And also you thought it could never happen to you. 
whether it's a real illness or whether it's the illness of somebody close to you, you just didn't know it could happen to you because you've been enclosed in this protective bubble. Maybe your family protected you to the point where you're just so dependent on them or your partner. You're very dependent and you, you rely on them. But when you are thrust into the underworld, you come to the realization that I can't rely on them because they can't even help me when I'm in the underworld. It's very common when someone you know passes away from an illness and soon after you begin to ruminate over strange symptoms you are experiencing. The thought of, this could happen to me, starts to possess the person. Losing somebody or caring for that person who has that illness, it causes anxiety. It causes anxiety. Anxiety causes and produces many strange physical symptoms that can be easily misinterpreted. So if you're in that chaos with somebody who's having that physical illness or somebody you know who has passed away, chaos comes up because it's like the crocodile with the clock in its, in its stomach, like in Captain Hook, emerges and takes a piece of you because you weren't paying attention, you weren't awake enough to, pay, to, to, to recognize that crocodile lurking in the depths, and you weren't strong enough to face it. You have to face that dragon voluntarily before it grows up and eats you when you're not paying attention, when you're not aware, when you're unconscious. And if you're not careful and you don't engage in your thinking brain when your anxiety is going off because of the chaos you're in, then you let your fear response run the show. We can view that unconscious fear response as the chaos and your thinking brain, the left side of your brain as, as order. Engaging in that dialogue helps to solve the problem, right? Solving the problem gets rid of that anxiety because anxiety comes up when you're in that unknown. When you're in the unknown, you have to make it known, right? You have to solve the problem. And the more your anxiety is active, the more emotional you become over how you feel. And that strong emotion only keeps your attention on this strange phenomenon, the sensations. It's a paradox. It's a loop. Your anxiety is active, produces strange sensations. You react emotionally to the strange sensations, and that keeps your anxiety alive, and thus it keeps those strange sensations alive, and the obsession begins Lessen your emotional attachment, you lessen anxiety. Great question. M. Manish says, 
can you talk about blood pressure spikes due to anxiety? Yes. Uh, when you're in fight or flight, when you're in anxiety mode, your, your sympathetic nervous system is active. And when your adrenaline and cortisol levels rise because you're in, you're in anxiety mode, this can increase your blood pressure. And you see that when you go to the doctors, right? So you're in your, the doctor's office and you have some anxiety there because you're afraid the doctors might find something or that you're, you're obsessing over the potential bad news that may come, right? So you're sitting on the table and you have the medical anxiety and then the nurse comes in and she gets the machine. She She's taking your blood pressure and your anxiety spikes because you're afraid of the outcome. What if? The what if thinking. The catastrophic thoughts. And she says, oh, Brad, your blood pressure is is so high. And I've had a client where he experienced this and we talked about it, which was very interesting. She says, your blood pressure is high. Oh my God, you, you gotta, you know, she, and then she's concerned, right? But it could have just been, and usually is, the anxiety that spiked moments before. Your, when your anxiety spikes, your blood pressure rises. You were nervous. So treating the anxiety will help bring your blood pressure back down. When your anxiety lessens, your blood pressure will go down. And Lauren's question actually goes hand in hand with Manisha's question. Lauren says... What are some of your favorite habits to calm down, right? So for me, what I like to do is, I, well, I don't like to do, I love to meditate. I love meditation. I love to bring about this spaciousness, this awareness, and this surrender to my days. So I meditate in the morning and at night. It helps me prepare. It helps calm me down. Puts me in the right mindset. And if you are struggling with anxiety, what meditation is so useful for is being more comfortable in your own skin. Anxiety sufferers are not comfortable in their own skin. Far from it. So when you meditate, you start to learn and practice being aware awareness of the sensations rather than labeling the sensations and you begin to accept how you feel and be in your body it's very very nice and powerful i love to go to the coffee shop and listen to music uh, getting a tea or Sometimes decaf coffee. I never drink caffeinated coffee. I sit and I put headphones in. I'll listen to some classical music. I'll sip on my tea and I'll look out the window. And that's absolutely blissful for me. And I love being outside the house. I find great joy in going to the coffee shop. 
listening to and watching my mentors on YouTube or podcast and having a tea or I would take a course, online course, go to the coffee shop and do that for a few hours. I love doing that. Uh, and I, when I come home, I feel like I spent the day doing something useful, productive. I, I love taking hot baths at night before bed. They actually help you sleep better too, which is really amazing. But hot baths, just sitting in a hot bath, putting some Epsom salts in, putting on a relaxing video on YouTube, like binaural beats video or rain falling thunderstorm sounds um, that's just heaven it's it's heaven I, I love reading going to the library oh, before covid i would do this a lot going to the library and sitting in one of those cubicles it's dead silent in there and i would get a book and just read get my tea sit in there and it helps me focus because when you're at home you distract yourself easily this too, this it's even for me who's really disciplined now, far from the old Brad that used to exist. Uh, you know, sometimes I get carried away, and I need to leave the house. I need a change in scenery, to focus. It's very very important. And I remember when I used to work in the film industry, and I would have a lot of anxiety in the film industry. I remember I would go to the bathroom when I could on, on breaks or, or downtime when there's downtime, go to the bathroom stall and I would go in the bathroom and I would start to take deep breaths. I'd put in my headphones. I'd listen to something calming, like a meditation where the person in the meditation would describe being near the ocean. I remember this one particularly being by the ocean. Imagine, being by the ocean in your safe place, watching the birds fly by, sitting comfortably in your own skin. And I would stand in the bathroom stall, breathing deep breaths, imagining my safe place. It would be five minutes, 10 minutes of this. And I would come out of the bathroom stall in a completely different state of mind than before I went in. Doing breath work and those kinds of meditation, any kind of meditation, you know, it could be guided or it could be just with music or no music at all, just sitting in silence. Any sort of meditation, being with yourself is so important because after you feel the great benefits of that meditation, you are so, you like a lot of the time when I forget to do breathing exercises and I do Wim Hof, I feel, oh my God, I'm missing out on this greatness. I'm missing out on this great feeling I get from doing this Wim Hof breathing. And it's absolutely amazing. So those are just some of the great habits I do regularly. And meditation I do every day. Breathing I do every day. Reading I'm getting to every day. I'm not there yet, but uh, I'm almost there reading every day. And I want to go and do more of the coffee shop and listening to music because I absolutely love that. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. Thank you so much for your questions, your comments. Remember, if you have any questions, please leave them on the YouTube channel or go to unpluganxiety.com and under contact, leave your questions. Lastly, 
Do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast or video. Bye for now. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.